Today we are starting Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 22nd. Uh, we had completed till verse 30. Uh, but 30 I had left a little bit, uh, the last line was left out. So we are doing Chapter 22, Enumeration of the Elements of Material Creation. It's a discourse by Krishna to Uddhava. And he is explaining to Uddhava the different kinds of things that happen in this world. So now it is about the enumeration of material creation. Verse 30 once again. My dear Uddhava, my material energy comprising three modes and acting through them manifests the varieties of creation along with varieties of consciousness for perceiving them. The manifest result of material transformation is understood in three aspects. Adhyatmik, Adhidaivik and Adhibhotik. So the last line I had left out. Now I will give you an explanation about the last line. The manifest result of material transformation is understood in three aspects. Adhyatmik, Adhidaivik and Adhibhotik. What does this mean? Adhyatmik means spiritual. As, as we all know, Adhyatma is a spiritual one. So you can understand this material transformation through the spiritual nature of this creation. Adhidaivik means anything that is connected to the gods. What is connected to the gods? The thing that is connected to the gods means we do not have control over certain elements, certain things in this world and they seem to create what is called as godly kind of a uh, you know effect in this material world. Then the third one is Adibhautik. Adibhautik is connected to the Bhutas. Bhutas means the elements. What are the elements? There are the five elements, fire, earth, so on and so forth. Adibhautik, everything that is connected to the Adibhauta, that means these elements, they affect a human being and the creation around us. Now, how does this do? Now, let me just give you an understanding. Adibhautik will start from the Bhutas. What are the Bhutas? Let us take two Bhutas. One is air and one is water. Maybe with the third one also fire. I am sure you have seen some people around us who are very placid in nature. Very cold, very placid. Some people are very active, very dynamic. They keep on, you know, doing a lot of activity in their world. So such kind of people are connected to these Bhutas. Then the second one which is Adhidaivik. Some people have a certain kind of disorders. The moment a child is born, the child has some defects in the system. Some of them are born autistic. Autistic children are there too many. So autism is one of them. Some children are born with some kind of a disease which can never be cured. And this is connected to the gods. We don't know. The answer is I don't know why this is happening. Then the third one is Adhyatmik. It is spiritual in nature. We are all spirit bodies. Everybody is a spirit body. You cannot say I am not a spirit body. Everybody has a spirit in them and everybody is connected to this universe through the spirit, through that one soul as we call it. Now, these are the three things which I had left out. Now we will do the next verse. Sight, visible form and reflected image are of the sun within the aperture of the eye all work together 
to reveal one another. But the original sun standing in the sky is self-manifested. Similarly, the Supreme Soul, the original cause of all entities, who is thus separate from all of them, act by this illumination of his own transcendental experience as the ultimate source of manifestation of all mutually manifesting objects. A difficult verse again to look at. But sight, visible form and the reflected image, three things are there. Now let us say if there is an object in front of us. Now let, let me take this orange color object. This is my, you know, case. Now if I have to take this case, which is my case for the glasses, it has got an orange color. It has a shape. It can be held in my hand. So certain characteristics are there. What are the characteristics? It's orange in color. It has got certain characteristics. And so on and so forth. Now all these, because of my sight, now I am seeing the object. So because of my vision, my sight, I am able to visualize this object inside my eye. Imagine this particular treatise was written so many years ago. And think about it this way, that someone knew that there is an image that is happening inside the eye. Somebody knew about it. Whoever knew about it have actually enumerated over here. So he says, sight, visible form. I can see the form of this object. And the reflected image. So these are three things. So he has taken one example over here. What is the example? The example is of a sun. Now there is a sun outside. Here there is no sun at the moment. But there is a sun outside. And the sun is reflected in my eye. So, it goes through the aperture, the tiny pupil that is there, it goes through that into the back of my eye, it forms an image over there. All these things that are happening, they reveal the object, they reveal that object. There is an object which is revealed inside my eye. But the original sun is standing somewhere far away. You see the sun is somewhere very far away. Is it there in inside my eye? No, it is only an image. Now, if you recollect, when I started this satsang, I mean three, three satsangs ago, I had told you that there is only one soul. And that soul is reflected in everybody. And this example, you have to understand from this verse. He, Krishna is saying there is only one God. And this God has his little bit of imagery within that human frame of yours. You have that essence of his. It is reflected inside. Alright? So, but the original sun is standing in the sky, is self-manifested. God is self-manifested. God is on his own. He's, he, nobody has created him. Nobody creates God. I have not gone and created some entity called God. Just because I have to give a satsang doesn't mean that it is... I have created an entity. No, the God already exists. He is there. Just like the sun. The sun exists. God exists. Huh? Exactly like that. So, the, self, the, self, the sky is self-manifested. The sun in the sky is self-manifested. Similarly, the supreme soul. The supreme soul, which is the original cause. So, we have this idea about the Paramatma. God Almighty. The God Almighty exists in this entire creation from beginning of time.
Nobody has created him. He is self-manifested. He has come on his own. How he has come, we have no clue. There is no way of knowing. So, he has come on his own. Who is separate from all. But he is separate from every individual being on this earth. We think, you know, the idea that I have God within me is a mistaken identity. It is something which is wrong. God is not sitting inside of me. There is a reflection of him in me. That means I am carrying a little essence of his inside my being. Okay? This is what we need to understand. God Almighty is everywhere. How does he look like? No idea whatsoever. We have no clue how God looks like. Because nobody has seen God. We have seen God's creation. Now there is a difference when we say I have seen God. When people say no, I have seen Father in heaven, I have seen God Almighty. No. Nobody has seen God. What we have seen is called the manifest form of His creation. So whether it is Gautam Buddha, you know, Siddharth Buddha, Buddha, Shakyamuni as we call him, or Jesus Christ, or for that matter, Sri Ram, all these are created by the divine. How does the divine look like? No idea. Hmm? So, who is separate from all of us, acts by illumination of his own transcendental experience as the ultimate source of manifestation of all mutually manifesting objects. So, how did God come to us? He created us on one side. And on the other side, he created representatives of himself. Representatives, that is why Jesus said, I am the son of God. You are also a son of God. You are also a daughter of God, by the way. It only says that son of God means you have been created. But how much of the essence of God is there in you? This I will explain to you in a slightly different manner. There is a very beautiful institute in the in Europe. Okay, those who have heard of it, where you know all these different kinds of elements are being you know bashed against each other. I am sure you have heard <laughs> where the first internet got created. All right. Now, in this place, they are trying to create a sun. Even in one place in China, in one of the institutes of theirs, or other research institutes, they are trying to create a sun inside. What is the sun? The sun is a combination of hydrogen and helium. The hydrogen breaks down into helium, the helium combines you know, back again into hydrogen, and it, the hydrogen-helium cycle goes on. A little bit of science, I'm sorry. You'll have to <laughs> make do with that. So there is hydrogen atoms, ions, and then they get created into helium and so on and so forth. There's back forth, back forth, fusion-fission reaction is going on. Now somewhere in this world, they are trying to create this thing, which is trying to create a tiny sun in the, in the laboratory. Now, when I said to you that the sun is outside and it is reflected everywhere, but in these two places they are trying to create the sun. So let us say 
in these two places the manifestation of the power of the sun will be more correct the sun's power in that two laboratories will be more because they are trying to create that kind of an entity so this is an example reality i will tell you in terms of the supreme consciousness in terms of god almighty there is god almighty which is compared to sun and then there are things like i told you these two laboratories in the cases there are two entities or three entities or four places where the god has put in more powers and this manifestation of normal human beings along with this high powered human beings is there so when shri ram took his birth shri ram is god as we call him then we have jesus christ then we have buddha then we have various other people in this world the power of god is more in them this is what he says so manifestation of the divine in these entities is more and for that reason they have more control over things all right so this is what he means see these verses are going slow but for your understanding i have to be very specific in them you know so i am just trying my level best to for you to understand similarly the sense organs namely the skin ears eye tongue and nose as well as the functions of the subtle body namely conditioned consciousness mind intelligence and false ego are all analyzed in terms of the threefold distinctions of sense objects of perception and the presiding deity now we have taken the five senses into account there are senses sense organs so what are the five sense organs remember do not mix up the senses with the sense organs the organs are different and the senses are different we have eye ear nose tongue like that right these are objects all right these are organs we call them organs now inside this organ we have the senses in them what are the senses hearing hmm smelling tasting seeing you know vision these are the senses now these are the things which are there in that the functions of these of ob- this particular object that is there, the eye is to see objects around you isn't it so there is a very clear distinction in that what is it that makes you see now we have gone to watch a movie now let us say i have gone to watch a movie there is a very beautiful movie going on and i am watching it ah maybe it's a comedy movie there is maybe a gol mahal or something like that it's going on and you are seeing that and you are laughing away to glory <laughs> things are going on a comedy scene is going on and you are laughing but the person sitting next to you is not laughing so you will wonder what is wrong with this person he is not laughing at all one of his senses may not be working maybe his hearing has a defect he cannot hear so he cannot understand the dialogues hmm if a person cannot understand the dialogues how can he laugh 
have we have you noticed that the children around us or even human beings around us you tell them something 10 times close the door close the door close the door and the person never listens you know how how much frustrated you get when the person doesn't listen to you finally you will get up and you will close the door and then you will give a peace of mind to that person i told you to close the door 10 times <laughs> but it has not entered maybe that person has a hearing defect cannot hear or the person has no connection between the hearing and the mind you understand what i'm saying if you don't i will give you an example have you seen the videos in your phone you have seen the videos in your phone in youtube or in facebook somewhere now if the video is muted you know muted means what <laughs> there is no sound in it and you can only see people doing something but you cannot hear anything how will you know what the person is saying unless and until you become a lip reader and you can understand oh this person is saying something but otherwise you will not know correct now another example over here is you can see there is a joke okay you can see there is a joke you can hear the joke see and hear and yet the person just keeps staring at his phone mm. stupid goes to the next one that was a joke and that person has not understood it so did you understand that the second aspect has come into the picture called the mind the person has not used his faculties to understand the joke right there was an experiment conducted in europe on the streets of a very busy city bottle of water was kept there were so many bottles of water were kept and the person standing behind the counter said a bottle of water can you please buy a bottle of water can you please buy a bottle of water can you increase the ac please and suffocating over here so can you buy the bottle of water and the person nobody came to him why because water is available in europe plenty so then after some time some people started coming closer so there were three four rows of water like these bottles were kept you know there are some different different bottles like these are kept so the bottle was kept over there and uh, the person said this bottle is 10 kilometers this is 20 kilometers this is 50 kilometers so the people asked him what do you mean by 10 kilometers 20 kilometers 50 kilometers so that person said in somalia there is a place in africa i am sure you know somalia a child has to walk 10 kilometers to buy to get this water the second row was 20 kilometers a child has to go 20 kilometers to get this water 
and then there was 50 kilometers. So somebody has to walk 50 kilometers to get a bottle of water. By the way, it is not bottled water. They have to take water from somewhere, from a well or something. So then people understood, oh, it takes a child, a child, you know, he needs to walk 10 kilometers before he gets water to drink. And you know, we are so used to drinking water that, you know, you just open a bottle kit, 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 and drink it. Not bother where the bottle comes from. Now this child has to walk 10 kilometers before he can get a bottle of water for himself or his family. So this experiment was conducted. And they, you know those uh, machines where you can walk? Hmm? In the gym you have, no? Where you can walk 5 kilometers, 10 kilometers and all. So the machine was kept over there. What is that called? Treadmill. A treadmill was kept over there. So if you wanted that water, you walk 1 kilometer or 2 kilometer. For 10 kilometers, it was 1 kilometer walk. For 20, it was 2 kilometer walk. So you do on the treadmill 1 kilometer walk. So some people walked on it. And then the bottle was given to them. And they opened the bottle because naturally when you are working out one kilometer or two kilometer walk, remember these are Europeans. They have never gone to such kind of places. So after that treadmill walk of one kilometer, the water was given to them. They opened the bottle and they started drinking it. The person at the counter says, you see, first and foremost, you should always read the what is written on the bottle before you open and drink? Do you know what was written over there? Cholera, typhoid, dengue, so on and so forth. The bottle of water contains cholera, contains typhoid, contains dengue, all kinds of diseases. And people immediately threw the bottle away. He said, then the, then the man behind the counter said, You see the bottle of water which these children from Somalia have to bring from 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers has so many diseases and germs in it. We take water for granted. Don't we take water for granted? If water is there available, okay, drink it, finish it off. We don't care for water so much. And these children or these people from Somalia walk tens of kilometers, take the water from there. It is still not filtered. It doesn't have those kind of things which, which we use in our big cities. The water is bad. It disease, diseases are spread. Germs are spread. And that is the reason why it is difficult for them to survive in this world. And we take so many things for granted. You know, I came here to a place close to the hills of Himalayas. It's very close to the Himalayas over here. It's one of the dirtiest cities of India. There are villages which are 60, 70, 80 kilometers high up in the mountains over here where young children are staying and they do not have education. They do not have water to drink. They don't have 
things to you know which we take them for granted the idea of me coming over here was to help this kind of people but unfortunately i was not able to create you know have a place over here but this is a problem right next to us here in india also there is an issue the availability of water is not there medicines are not available to this people in the mountains they don't have any medicines they don't have any doctor for miles and miles and miles there is no doctor anywhere if somebody is dying nobody is there to take care no medicine available women in this mountains they do not have a place to go to to give birth to their child you see if they have to come down the mountain it takes hours so they give birth over there itself in the mountains how many survive no idea this is the condition of our people and it is very very important that we do something about it not only in somalia but around us also now those who are staying in bigger cities like say for example you are saying in united states or canada or singapore or wherever you are staying look around you look around you you may think there is nobody that i have to give help to but you will definitely see there is a man in the street you have been watching him every single day and yet it has not affected you you see him the government and everybody says don't give money to this person don't encourage them in singapore it's a crime if you give money to poor people by the way you know to a bikari a beggar you are not allowed to it's a crime and in some countries it's a crime to give money to beggars then who is going to take care of them the government is not even bothered there are these poor people on the road side getting you know frozen in cold they are the homeless type now we normally classify the homeless with the drug addicts but why what is the reason for drug addiction we don't know these things drug addiction may happen because that person wants to you know not feel cold it could be that reason isn't it a person becomes numb after he takes drugs we don't know but they really require help there are poor people there are families which are very very poor below the below the normal you know earning levels and we need to support them somebody has to do something about it and that is the reason why it is important for us to have a proper site i'll come back to the site once again so we are watching a movie now we have come back to the lesson and a person doesn't laugh something is wrong with that person so either hearing is the problem or his connectivity in the mind is a problem brain hmm? isn't that what we say now these are the things so we have various senses sense organs then we have the subtle body i am sure you remember the subtle body subtle body is that which cannot be seen 
but it is inside this physical body. We have this physical body. This is called physical body. Below this body is the next body. We have the five koshas. We discussed five koshas. Hmm? Five koshas we discussed. The food body, hmm? the pranic body, breathing body. The third one was mind body. Fourth one was intellectual body. And the fifth one is called the happy body. So these are bodies. So the first two come under the gross body. Gross. You can actually feel it, touch it like that. Then the next two, subtle bodies. There is a problem in the subtle body because of which that person cannot understand jokes. Sometimes you tell a joke and the person doesn't understand. Remember, there is a disconnect in that person's mind or his intellect is disconnected. Right? We have many people amongst us like that, isn't it? Some people who never understand a joke, some people never understand instructions. The instructions are never understood because even if you tell them something, nothing goes in their head, we say. No? Nothing enters their head. Why nothing enters their head? They don't use their intellect at all. You know, we always say, we have to tighten the screws. Huh? So <laughs> all screw loose, we say. Now, mad fellow. All screw loose. Now, this screw loose means what? There is a problem in the second layer, which is the subtle body. There is a problem there. So, here we have introduced the subtle body. The conditions of consciousness, the awareness that is around us is not there. What is the awareness? Now if I have to ask you, how many lights are on behind me? And you will say, oh, one and two. You can say these words, isn't it? Now, two lights are on, one is just above my head. But there are some people who will say, lights? What lights? I can't see any lights on. Because it is disconnected. Their intellect is disconnected. <laughs> they are not even aware. You know, the awareness comes in a very, very beautiful manner. I will give you an example. Now, you can see me. I am sitting in one hotel room somewhere. Somewhere in North India, I am sitting in a hotel room. Huh? Are you aware that there are mountains next to me? No. You are not aware. The awareness is like this. You cannot understand because you can actually see only a hotel room. Hmm? Like there is a scene being you know shown in a in a movie in a theater or in the television. If there is a scene shown, can you see the camera? No. Can you see the lighting that is there? Can you see the number of people standing behind the camera? And the director says, action! And the people start, you know, you know the friends, you know. The, you know, the serial called Friends is going on and they are playing around in that fountain over there. And What? Can you see the cameraman? No. Can you see the director? No. Can you see the other artists around him? No, you cannot see anybody around him. Around those people who are enacting the scene. 
But if you have intellect, if you understand, then you will be able to actually see there is a director there, there is a cameraman and then we can actually understand the shot that is taken. How is the shot taken? You start moving the camera closer and closer. It may be on a trolley. So it's on a trolley. So you get up. The person is coming closer and closer. Then there is a tight close-up. A very tight shot of the person. I'm using some terms from the industry. Okay, It's called a tight close-up. Tight close-up means you can see the eyes. You can see the nose very close. The fold screen is covering that. At that time you realize that the camera must be very close or maybe the zoom is on. Two of those things can happen. But those who are in the know will say there are no finer grains. So it is not zoom. It is a close-up shot taken by the camera being very close. This is called awareness. We are aware. Now, in our world what happens? How many people know there is God around us? Hardly anybody knows. But there are the spiritual type. They understand the divine around them. They understand the divinity. They understand that there is something very special around. And there are those who go around doing their work and every other thing in this world without caring a damn about it. Nobody cares. Things are happening to them. It does not matter. Many a times, you know, it so happens that the person... Now, I'll just give you an example. A person came to me and said, you know, I don't have a job. And I said, it's fine. Uh, keep on applying and maybe you will get a job soon. And it kept on happening. The person kept on giving interviews and applying for jobs and things never happened. And one fine day, they got a job. After they got a job, the entire troubles of the past were forgotten. Now they are so engrossed in their job that they do not realize that they had actually asked someone for a job. They have forgotten how they have come to this understanding, how these applications have passed, where they have reached, how things have happened. It has reached a point and the awareness is lost. We are not conscious of these kind of things at all. Some people have gone through deadly diseases. They have gone and prayed and they have come out of it unscathed. They have forgotten who has cured them, what has cured them. So the awareness is important. We need to be conscious about these things. So I hope you understood the word conscious over there, consciousness. Mind, I have already explained. Intelligence, I have explained. The last one is called the false ego. What is a false ego? The false ego is that which tells you you are a human being. I am like this only. 
You know, we have heard people say this. I cannot budge. I will not do these things. Why? I hate that thing. I don't like it. These are extreme terms. You know, we use this kind of extreme terminology. It's like giving someone, now you have gone to someone's house and the person gives you a glass of water. And you are so much used to drinking bottled water or water which is 100 times purified that you will look at the glass and say, how can I drink that water? And you will keep it aside. And you say, oh, thank you, thank you. It's all right. Why can you not drink that water? Did you understand this? This is the ego in us. But suppose you are dying. Suppose you are at a place where you have not drunk water for a very long time and a person in the middle of nowhere offers you a glass of water. Then what happens? You drink that water. I will tell you a story. There was a great sage in the past. His name was Anandar Thakur. Anandar Thakur was on his journey to the Himalayas. While passing, he came to this place called Vrindavan. Vrindavan is very famous as far as we are also concerned. We believe in Krishna. We are doing Krishna's story. So, he was very thirsty because he was walking down from Calcutta to the Himalayas. Walking all the way up. Takes days and days and days of walking. So, when he came to this place called Vrindavan, he was very thirsty. He came to a small well. There was a well over there. And he happened to look around. There was nobody there. There was no way in which you could reach the water. The water was very deep down inside, more than 50-60 feet down. No way one could reach. So he just sat below a tree over there, next to it, and waited. He thought somebody will come and will offer him water. After a very long time, a very young boy and a girl comes over there and they are playing around, you know. You know how children play around. So this young girl and this young boy, they are playing around. They must be around 8-10 years or 12 years, something like that. And they look at this man and he says, can I have some water to drink? So the girl says, yes, I will run to the village and I will get one, you know, gagariya and the rope. So you can draw the water. A tumbler and a rope. So you can draw the water from the well. So she runs away and after some time she comes back, comes with a long rope and a small bucket attached to it and then she throws it and the child, both the children, you know, they draw the water out and they give it to that man. The man drinks the water and he feels relieved and after some time he falls asleep. The children, I don't know what happened to them, they disappeared. Late, after maybe about 5-6 hours later, old men, they are walking down that place and they happen to see this man sitting under the tree. They ask him, uh, what are you doing over here? He said, you know, I was very thirsty, I fainted over here and these young children, they came and they gave me 
the man the the, the men they asked him somebody brought water i mean a, a rope and a bucket and then they you drank the water from the well he said yes first and foremost let me tell you there are no children in this village secondly this well has been disused nobody has used this well for the last so many years that we know about why because the water is poisonous and this man immediately understood that even after the water being poisonous he is still alive and another thakur then realized vrindavan vrindavan is the place the well outside vrindavan no children inside the village at that point in time somebody has brought rope and so on and so forth and given him water it could only be radha and krishna who else and this is how it works so we have always lived in this false ego of ours i me myself but if we were to look around us we will find the beauty on on the world around us the godliness that exists so another thakur could see the god we never see this god somebody who has given us the job we never acknowledge that person somebody who has actually helped us get something in life we never acknowledge because we think no end of ourselves and this is the false ego i talk about we all have the false ego within us which tells us i am the body my name is so and so i live in this world i do this thing i i i i i we do the same thing all over you know think today we are so much attached to our own identities that it is impossible to know i will give you an example again another one we have gone to the various museums across the world i mean all of you have definitely visited some museum or the other there are different exhibits around us some you will find that there is a very beautiful carving a buddha from some place you know a jesus from some place i don't know there are different 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 carvings around us different kinds of paintings around us different kinds of things which are kept in the museum we are admiring a very beautiful statue of buddha and we say oh this is buddha shakyamuni this is 3000 years old maybe 2000 uh, 200 years old and buddha was not there 2200 years old 1800 years old do you know who has made it we really don't know who has carved the statue out yet we are admiring the statue there are paintings and you know we actually try to find out the name of the painter and the time when he has made it i was watching a movie a few days ago and that movie 
is called Double Jeopardy. It's a very old film. I think it's 1999 or something. In that there is a painting. And it is called Kandensky. Uh, if I am spelling, if I am saying it wrong. Kandensky. K-A-N-D-A-N-S-K-Y or something. And the lady in the, in the movie says, I want the blue period of Kandensky. The name is signed across. There's a blue period. So you identify at what time that painting was done. But let us say there is nothing in the painting which we can make, which can make you identify who has done it, when it was done, then what happens. Just like the paintings which are there in the French cave, you know, in France there is a cave where you see painting on the walls is done 10,000 years ago and nobody knows who has done it. There is a Sistine Chapel. Salvador Dali has done the entire ceiling of that chapel. And we go over there and we wow, this is so beautiful. But there are so many chapels across the world. This was beautifully painted. But we don't even know who has done it. Now this, knowing exactly who has done that, creates this identification like our bodies. We identify our bodies with the name. It is like just imagine this is a painting and I have written a name across it. And we believe in that. But this being is thousands and thousands of years old and there is only one artist there is only one artist and that artist is the divine lord and but we have called this body by different names whenever we are born at different different points in time you know there is something which is done which is called regression analysis and so on and so forth i don't know how many of you know past regression it is called past life regression analysis okay if you sit in with these people they will tell you oh in the past life you were so and so you are a soldier in this army and before that you had this and okay now let us say in your last life you are Marie Antoinette okay so you are Marie Antoinette you had a name and this life you are somebody else before Marie Antoinette what were you so your body had different names. But the thought should be that this body was created by this divine Lord only. Every time when I see this body come up, we call it by different names. This is the false ego which tells us I have a name. We forget the subtle part in our life. Who has created us? What has happened? This all can be analyzed in terms of the threefold distinctions of the senses, objects of perception and presiding deity. Now, everything in this world, whatever that I have said so far, in the last so many lectures that, so many satsang that have happened, they can be, distinct, they can be distinguished by 
the threefold distinctions. And what are those threefold? One is by senses, one is by object of perception, and the third one is called presiding deity. We are going back to the lesson again. Remember the bottle of water, the experiment that was conducted? The senses told that person, this is a bottle of water. Then the man behind the counter said, Somalia, 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers, 50 kilometers. So what happened over there? You associated the water with someone in Somalia who has to walk 10, 20 or 50 kilometers. Isn't that how it happened? So the perception differed now. So this bottle is different. The water, remember this is the same water which is sold everywhere. So, But just to give you an idea, immediately your thought processes said, Oh my God, somebody in Somalia requires to walk 10 kilometers to get a bottle of water. Then what happened? Then they did the 10 kilometer or 1 kilometer walk. <laughs> After that the bottle was given to them. And while they were drinking, the person said, it contains typhoid, malaria, all those things. <laughs> and then what happened? Then this, the changeover came in that person and he immediately threw the bottle away. What nonsense are you saying? Is this bottle poison? Is this having diseases or germs in it? The one which tells you this, that it has germs in it, that it is poisonous, that there is some problem in it, that is called the presiding deity. Something inside us tells us what it is. It is not the mind. It is neither the intellect. It is beyond that. And that beyond that is called the presiding deity. Deity is a kind of a god. And this presiding deity within us tells us this is what it is. So I gave you the example of the Sistine Chapel, the Dali. Now, there are other chapels, there are other churches and so on and so forth and they are all painted, nobody knows who they are. <coughs> but imagine, while you are admiring something, there is a connoisseur, somebody who understands art, says, Oh, these are the brush strokes of this person. And you know, it suddenly dawns. Ting! It goes in your head. Oh, is that what it is? You identify the painter. You identify who has done it. In which year he has done it. And so on and so forth. This knowledge which tells us exactly how these things are, is the presiding deity within every object, every person. It gives us understanding, it gives us the knowledge, it gives us that entire picture comes right in front of us. The next example which I gave you is the theatre, is the movie. You are watching the scene. The scene is seen with the sense object. That means you are watching it with your eyes. 
You are hearing the dialogues. So you have used your senses. You are perceiving what they are doing. That means the idea is, yes, I know they are talking to each other, so on and so forth. But the one which tells you there is something happening behind there, that there is a director, there is a camera, there is a there are various other people over there. There are cinematographers, there are you know sound artists, sound technicians, and so on and so forth. Everybody behind the camera, and that is who they represent. So this understanding, which though it is not visible in front of us, but tells us that there is something subtle going on over there, is the presiding deity, the thing, the actions happening around without our understanding or knowledge. So I have come to the end of this verse 32. So I will just recap the entire thing once again for you. We know that this whole world has been created with these different elements, with the senses and the sense objects and the sense organs, we are able to understand them, number one. Number two, we are having other things inside which is called consciousness, the mind, the intellect and the ego, the false ego. They comprise of the entire being that we are. This gives us three distinctions. Three distinctions are because of our senses, our perceptions are different. Huh? We see through our senses. We see, hear, touch, feel. Perceptions differ. What is it that moves inside that object is called the presiding deity. So this is what the explanation has been so far. 